Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. We're coming to the end of the beautiful holiday of Sukkot. On Sunday, we will be celebrating Hoshana Rabbah during the day. And at night, we will begin the holiday, the last part of this holiday season, which ends with Shemini Atzeret on Sunday and Monday. And then Monday night and Tuesday, we celebrate Simhas Torah. So, Shemini Atzeret, which is the, it means Shemini means the eight. Uh, we know that the number eight really is a number that transcends this world. God created the world in seven days, the seventh day being Shabbat. Anything that is under the seven days, it's part of this realm, of this world, of this material world that God created for us. Anything that goes eight is something that is beyond this world. It goes above and beyond this world. It's something that transcends this world. So it comes also Shemini from the word Shuman, which means fat or rich. And atzeret means uh, different things. It means retention or absorption, or restraint and retreat, or it can mean also gathering and assembly. And to go into a deeper sense, it also means essence. So in a nutshell, Shemini atzeret is a day that represents and transcends the, the, the realm of, of this world. It's something that goes beyond this world. And it also is the essence for the entire year. So everything that we have accumulated uh, between Elul, the month of Elul and the month of Tishrei really becomes uh, encapsulated in the day of Shemini Atzeret. And, um, and all that energy is channeled into the rest of the year. So it's a very important day, and these are holidays that really most people don't know anything about them, but the energy that we move in these days is, is humongous for the benefit of the whole world. So Rashi explains the meaning of this day in a beautiful way, in a parable, in which a king invites his children to a, to a feast in his palace, and he invites them for seven days to come and eat and dine and be jolly and be together and be united. And when the time comes for them to say goodbye to their king, to their father, the, the king says to them, my children, please stay one more day. Your parting is difficult for me. So this is Shemini Atzeret, really. Shemini Atzeret is the last, we would say the last day of Sukkot, but it really is not the last day of Sukkot. It's a whole holiday on itself, but we still eat in the Sukkah, but we, have, we do no blessings. It's a, it's a day in which we sit in the Sukkah and just take the holiness of the whole month in, and we just be, we're there with God. He asks us to be one more day with Him. We're there. We don't need to do anything. We just need to be there with Him. And, uh, and, the, and the reality is that God, the wording, is your parting is difficult for me. It's difficult for Hashem. Why is it difficult for Him? Because the last two months have been months in which we have been very, very close to Him. Our awareness of God has been uh, magnified. And we have Him in front of us all day. Like this last month between Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, all day you're thinking about, okay, I have to build a sukkah, I have to fast, I have to do this, I have to dip the honey in the, the apple in the honey, I have to cook for this, I have to pray in shul, I have to... 
all day we're thinking about the holidays, about our connection with God, about uh, growth, about Teshuvah. We're all day close to God. But what happens is that once the month is over, once these holidays have gone, the next day, what do we do? We go back to work, we go back to school, we go back to our uh, routines, to our normal life. And yes, the, the intensity of the month goes away because we cannot live like this uh, all year. We need to go back to our life. And the idea is that in this day of Shemini Atzeret, Hashem retains us one more day. The other thing is that your parting, that meaning your parting, is another meaning to the parting we take from each other. So in these days, the Jewish people are very close to each other. We're all united. People who didn't get along started getting along. We, we made amends with people that we had problems with. We, we're in a different, uh, in a different uh, mindset. With, with people, we're loving, we're merciful, we're less judgmental. So all of this brings much more unity amongst the Jewish people. So when it says your parting is difficult for me, in God's eyes, it's synonymous with us parting from Him. Because He is one with us, we're one with God. That's what, what it is. So when the Jewish people are not getting along and we're fighting and we're being not nice one to the other, in reality, we're also separating ourselves from Hashem. I've always said it. If you want to know if you have a good relationship with God, look at your relationship with other people. If you have a good relationship with other people, you're going to have a good relationship with God. But when you don't have a good relationship with other people and everybody, you look at everybody in, a, in not a nice way and everybody has a problem in your eyes, then you have to assess that because then it means that your relationship with God is also flawed. So Sheminiat said it is not... It's not we who are in the sukkah, it's, it's at that day, but the sukkah is in us. We're ingrained. We, we take the sukkah and we make it part of ourselves. So then comes Simha's Torah on Monday night. And uh, we don't eat in the sukkah anymore. We say goodbye to the sukkah on uh, Monday afternoon. If you have the opportunity, go into your sukkah, drink a coffee, read something interesting, and just sit there and enjoy and, and say goodbye to it till next year. Because really the sukkah is the hug of, of God. It's like you're being embraced. It's, you're immersed in the, in the mitzvah. So when it comes to Simha's Torah, Simha's Torah is really not a holiday of the Torah. It's not written in the oral Torah or in the written Torah that we have to keep this holiday. In Israel, they keep it together with Shemini Atzeret on the same day. In the diaspora, we keep it on a, on a separate day. So, so this holiday really is, an, is, is a holiday of, of, of customs, of minhagim. It's, it's something that was made up by us, by, by rabbis that came to understand certain scriptures in the Torah. I understood that this is a day that has to be kept in a certain way, but it's not directly told to us how we have to keep it. So it marks the climax of Tishrei, and as we rejoice in the Torah, and the Torah rejoices in us, we become one with the Torah. This is what it is. And, and it's interesting to understand because there's two holidays that we celebrate the Torah. One is Shavuot, 
which we celebrated uh, in June, I think it was. It was uh, 50 days after Pesach. And then, which is the holiday in which we celebrate the giving of the Torah, when God gave the Torah to the Jewish people. And then comes Simhas Torah, in which what we're really celebrating is the Torah itself. And what we're celebrating is the, the second set of, uh, of tablets. So, so the Hakafot, which is the circles, the men take the, the Torahs in their arms and they start dancing with the Torahs. And they go around, from to, by, uh, they take the Bima and they go around in the Bima for seven times. They, it's called the circlings around the Torah. Are the ke, what these <coughs> circlings do is that they create the kelim, ke, the vessels, for the blessings that were sent to us to be able to descend into the world and be, in, be contained in the world. This is what uh, Simha's Torah is doing. It's really creating the vessel for the blessings to come down. It's more, it says that we really need to move our feet in Simha's Torah because the moving of the feet is what brings the blessing of Parnassah, of abundance in, into our lives. So whoever's listening to me, don't forget, go to the shul on Monday night and move your feet. And so this Kelim in Kabbalah are known as Igulim and they, are, they, are, they have to be great and not restricted so these blessings can come into the world and not be limited. They can be abundant. So the joy of the dancing and singing experience is at its greatest possible level. And we complete the, the cycle of reading the Torah. Uh, we finish with Parasha Vesos Haberaha, which is the last parasha of the book of the Barim, the last parasha of the five books of Moses. And it says, and all the great deeds which Moses performed before the eyes of Israel. And it finishes with the word Israel and with the letter Lamed, with the L. And, uh, and we know that, um, that this letter Lamed, uh, is the last letter and then immediately they roll the, the Torah scroll again and they start from the beginning with the Bereshit Bara Elohim with in the beginning God created which is Parasha Bereshit from the book of Bereshit the book of Genesis and if we look at it it's very interesting because the, par, the, the Torah starts with a, with a Bet and it ends with a Lamet and what this is is that it writes the word Lev, heart so God wants our heart. God wants <clears throat> that all our emotions, all our feelings are redirected to him. That we use all that that we feel, all our emotions and all our feelings and we use them for the service of Hashem. This is the whole purpose. So we see here, and, and Rashi states that this refers this uh, and all the great deeds which Moses performed before the eyes of Israel, the last Pasuk, of the Torah, Rashi states that this refers to Moses breaking the tablets. Uh, and by doing this, God, why would it say that, God, that Moses performed great deeds for Israel? Because when he broke the tablets, what he did was that he gave the Jewish people the opportunity for Teshuvah, which is the greatest gift of all. If he wouldn't have broken those first tablets which were given to him at Mount Sinai uh, 
after the, the sin of the golden calf, the Jewish people would have been no more. That would have been because it was like a ketubah. It was like a like a like a, 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 it was signed that we were gonna do the mitzvot. But then we would have been uh, annihilated or we would have been destroyed. But because he broke these tablets, he gave the Jewish people another chance. And, and, and that's the beauty of all, of all this. The first tablets were compared to a tzaddik, to a person that never sins, to a perfect person. The second tablets are compared to the Balshuva, who is a penitent, who is a person who falls down, who who messes up in life, who does a boo-boo once here and a while, but nevertheless, he gets up, he cleans himself up, and he repents, and he returns to his essence. So the second tablets uh, are the power of, 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 of human initiative, really, and they're carved by Moses, and they were given to him on Yom Kippur. So the, this is a new complete dimension of our relationship with God. So it's interesting because in, in, in Shavuot, how do we celebrate uh, the giving of the Torah, which is a holiday in which we celebrate the Torah also? We celebrate by learning Torah all night. That's what we do on Shavuot. We use our intellect. This is what we use. And the Torah is something to be intellectual. It's something that you have to learn with your head. Then you have to put the feeling into it and do the mitzvot and, and, and make it into action. But it's an intellectual endeavor. And now we come into Simha's Torah and what is asked of us not to go and learn all night. What is asked of us is that we go and dance and we sing. And we use our feet. And we carry the Torah and we become one with the Torah. Why? Because at the end of the day, learning Torah is amazing. But what Hashem really wants from us is that our heart is used for His service with our feet. That we go and do action, that we go and do mitzvot, that we go and do. That's what we're meant to be doing in this world. We're meant to be doers, not only sitting there and learning something nice that is intellectually uh, stimulating. It's also to take that stimulus, everything that you're learning, and put it into, into practice. So Sima's Torah is a celebration of that new dimension. And this is why our legs become the legs of the Torah. I remember a very beautiful story of uh, Abraham Fox. He, was the, he used to be the president of the anti-defamation movement. And he said that when he was uh, uh, rescued from, I don't remember which concentration camp he was. He was a very small boy in the times of the Holocaust, but he was, he was liberated. It happened to be that that day was Simha's Torah. And they came into the only synagogue that was left standing. It was all burned down. There were no Torah scrolls. There were no books. There were nothing. And there were a few men and some little boys that were liberated from this camp. And what did the men do? Okay, we don't have a Torah. We don't have a, a real life Torah here, but we do have the Torah. And it was these little children that were in that shul at that time. It says, this is the living Torah. And they put them in their arms and they started doing the hakafots with these boys and they carried them like they were the living Torah. So this, this is what it is. Like we're one with the Torah. The Torah is a living entity. The Torah is not only a paper, a parchment with the ink. The Torah is a living entity, is the wisdom of Hashem, is what God wants in this world. And when we understand that the living Torah is within us, 
and that is part of us and that we're here for that to, to be able to fulfill that in this world and reveal God in this existence then we're one with the Torah so so that's why Simha's Torah we celebrate with our lowest part which is our feet and um, and so the intellect and the emotions they transcend each other they're not limited anymore it's not like a person can learn so much because that's the capacity he has in his brain that's the beauty of Simha's Torah that the most learned person and the least learned person are dancing with the Torah scrolls there's no difference between the two they're the same they're, they're exactly the same. There's no difference. So, so it encompasses all people regardless of their background or their education and their spiritual stash, station. And it really touches the infinite. So we dance with each other, with God and with God, and we celebrate life and the gift of our mission and love of the Torah. So I want to wish you Hak uh, Sameh, I hope that you continue celebrating that the end of this holiday is beautiful and uplifting for you. And most importantly is that the day after in which we come back to our mundane life and our, our, our schedule and, and our routines, we bring these months with us that we don't leave them there, that all that inspiration that you have acquired, all those things that you felt during these months really become a part of your daily existence. This is the way we keep it up. This is why we end up Simha's Torah with our feet dancing, because the Torah is not something that we have only in shul, that we take once a week to read from it, or twice a week to read from it, or you re listen to it when a, a boy, a bar mitzvah boy is laning. No, the Torah is a living Torah. It's something that is really has to be part of our daily routine life. Since the minute you wake up till the minute you go to sleep, always have it in mind. You know, even when you go and you're going to exercise and you're putting on your tennis shoes in the morning and you put them in the way the Shulhan Aruk, the, the code of Jewish law, tells you to do it. First the, the right foot, then the left foot, then you tie the left foot, and then you tie the right foot. Even that puts you in a, in a mindset that Hashem is always with you, that He's always there. And this is the message. Don't let Him go. Don't let him part away. Keep the awareness going. Have him with you always. In front of you, behind you, in your side, on your other side. Sometimes he's carrying you, sometimes he's pushing you, but he's always there. So, Hag Samea, and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.